From the GW Hatchet, this is Alec Rich, and you're listening to Get Into the Bottom of It. On July 31st, GW announced that it would cut seven sports programs at the end of the 2020-2021 season, citing financial concerns from the pandemic fallout. The decision will affect over 100 student-athletes and eliminate men's tennis, men's rowing, men's indoor track, men's and women's squash, women's water polo, and sailing. In a press release, officials said they considered nine criteria in making the cuts, including gender equity and Title IX compliance, NCAA Division I sponsorship, expense savings, and the history of the sport at GW. Officials have said they will also not rule out additional action if necessary due to the financial concerns, but they did not specify if that could mean further program cuts down the line. Of the seven teams that are being cut, many of them have a deeply rooted history at GW. Men's tennis has competed at the varsity level for over 50 years, while men's rowing has competed for over 60 seasons. Men's and women's squash were approaching 20 years at GW, while sailing was approaching its ninth year at the varsity level. Men's indoor track was the most recent to become a varsity program, beginning with the 2014-2015 season. So despite these lengthy and largely successful runs for their seven programs, the cuts came as a surprise to many student-athletes who questioned why their specific programs were eliminated. For the answer to that question, and for some further background on this, you'll first hear from the Hatchet Sports Editor, Emily Mays. Hey, Emily, thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on. So first, why did GW decide to eliminate these seven programs specifically? You know, I know a number of criteria was used by the university, including gender equity and, and Title IX compliance in that process. Yeah, for sure. Um, so in the frequently asked questions page of the athletics department, um, athletic department's release, they said that um, the department had been underfunded and facilities and staff had been spread thin um, when they were supporting 27 varsity programs. Um, and the frequently asked questions page went on to say that to continue sustaining those 27 programs, um, each program would have to take a deeper budget cut um so they never gave um any numbers or any evidence specifically saying why these seven programs were cut but um they did mention that the review had been going on prior to the pandemic and the pandemic um made it more pressing right so uh what can be done for student athletes on these teams you know whether it's creating club sports or helping them transfer to another program and, and most importantly, dealing with scholarships as well. Yeah, so the athletic department said in their release that scholarships would be honored through graduation. Um, and same with coaches, their existing contracts would be honored. Um, and they said if financial support um, and athletes are willing, they can transition to the club level. Um, you know, but if student athletes um, don't either don't want to stay at GW as um non-student athletes or they don't want to transition to the club level they can transfer and in the release the athletic department said that they would support any student athlete that made that decision mm-hmm. and the the transparency aspect is something that we've heard a lot from you know both on the sports end and talking to alumni and talking to faculty in terms of the layoffs as well that are happening right now you know we know that the university is under a lot of financial strain from the pandemic you know, but what do you think can be done just in terms of that communication to athletes and alumni especially and you know why that's you know caused such frustration on their end yeah so um you know alumni said that when well alumni from the squash programs and the women's water polo um program said that when they tried to reach out to the university they received um 
you know, form responses that weren't necessarily personalized. Um, and they just called on the university to be a little bit more transparent in um, the weight of the criteria, um, the review process, the data that was used to determine which teams would be cut. Um, the Women's Water Polo alumni in their open letter called on the university to hold um, like a forum where alumni and people in the athletics community and university community can um, ask questions about the process and what it looked like and why certain teams were cut and things like that. And then lastly, I want to ask just on a, on a human level in terms of all these programs, you know, you've covered sports for several years now at GW, you know, wh what do you think it means to these athletes to have these sports taken away from them? I think it means so much. Um, you know, I know at my time at the Hatcher covering sports, how much time and effort I put into it. Um, and I can imagine it's the same for any athlete that plays at GW. I mean, from practices to trainings to kind of forming a community, um, you know, right when you get into college, that's really big. Um, and, you know, being notified that that community, it will no longer exist or it won't look the same. Um, I can imagine how that's heartbreaking for sure. Hey, Emily, thanks so much. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me on. The first alumni you'll hear from is Akil Abdullah, who is a heavily decorated rower that graduated from GW in 1996 after competing on the men's team for four years. He became the second men's rower ever elected to GW's Athletic Hall of Fame. And in 2004, Abdullah became the first African-American man on the U.S. Olympic rowing team when he competed at the Summer Olympics in Athens, Greece. In our interview, Abdullah said it's difficult to see a team that impacted his life so greatly be eliminated. Akil, thanks so much for joining me. It's good to be here. So what was your initial reaction to the news of the cuts? Uh, heartbreak. <laughs> you know, um, GW's men's rowing uh, program is, is pretty much was my path to the Olympics. Um, if I hadn't rowed there, I don't know if I would have rowed in college. Um, may have decided to play football instead. And so for me, it's sort of the the place where, you know, I started to see that I actually had the talent to to actually make it to the Olympic level. Yeah, and I mean, going off that, you, know, you graduated in 1996, but as you said, you know, this, your time at GW stuck with you and allowed you to pursue um, the path that you did to the Olympics, you know, so what does this decision mean to you reflecting back on your time rowing at GW? Um, it is, it's, it's, Still tough. I, I mean, definitely reflecting back on my time at GW, um, I look at it as a time where I learned a lot about myself, um, not only as an athlete, as a student, but as a human being. Um, I think that that's true in most sports. You have coaches that really help help shape your worldview in some ways and motivate you. And, and John Devlin, our coach at the time, was, was there and, and he helped us do that. Um, it was sort of early on in, in the in, in the time when GW was providing scholarships. So um, it was definitely something that, you know, I look back on with fond memories. And, you know, how do you think the decision feels to student athletes competing right now and, and rowers especially? Well, I mean, I think that, that at student athletes right now, um, I'm loath to put words in their mouth, mouths, but I, I can imagine that they feel um, very sad. Um, you know, they made the decision to come to George Washington University uh, because 
they in part because of rowing. And, you know, that that reason uh, has now sort of been um, taken away from them um, in the sense that they won't be competing at the same level that they had hoped to. Um, so taking away that varsity status, um, I think, is is definitely, I, you know, a, a gut check to to all of the the athletes that are competing now. Um, but to their credit, I think that they've done a great job of holding their their heads up and and sort of and 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 you know moving forward and looking to the future. Um, as an alumni, um, it's sort of one of my connections to uh, to the university. One of the major reasons I give, you know, I, I want to make sure that the the, the crew team stays supported. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of hard for me as well um, because that's my primary connection to the to the GW community. I mean, going off of a point you mentioned in terms of, you know, I think the primary criticism of the university at this time, or one of them at least, has been the communication, whether it's, you know, cutting these programs or the layoffs that we're seeing with faculty. And so I want to read something that the GW Squash alumni wrote in their petition about GW's transparency in making these decisions. Uh, they said, quote, the email announcement was at best a platitude and at worst dismissive of the incredible effort by coaches, former players, families, and supporters to build something special, end quote. Um, I just wanted to get, you know, your, your take on that. I don't know if you had, if you saw the, um, the actual text of the initial announcement, but I mean, can you just speak at all to the frustration that alumni are feeling towards the university on that communication end? Yeah, I mean, I think that res- that... The athletic department, I think, did the best they could, given the situation. Um, it's no, it's no easy task to tell people that something they love is no longer going to continue in the same way that it has. Um, I do feel as though there could have been earlier on in the process some communication. You know, would would alumni be willing to fund? Uh, take on a larger part of the burden um, and things of that nature. Uh, I think that once things got going, and at least in my communications with uh, with 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 alumni who are actively involved in the conversation more than I am, um, that the university has has acted in good faith in trying to 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 communicate all of the details around the decision. But I think that the university has has done a a a good job once the the cuts were announced, at least with regard to rowing and the 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 members of our alumni team community that have been involved in the conversation. Um, but I think that, as I said, I think involving us a little bit earlier, letting us know we were on the chopping block, maybe saying to the to the community, "Hey, is there part of this burden that you can pick up? You know, um, you know, you want to raise money." Like this is a great opportunity. Something is on the line that people love and feel the uh, that is a positive experience. Right. Akil, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Next, you'll hear from Danielle Cormier-Smith, who was a co-captain on the first women's water polo varsity team in 2000 and graduated that same year. Cormier-Smith said the sports cuts, including that of women's water polo, sets a bad precedent for GW and NCAA sports at large. And she added that the women's water polo alumni especially took issue with both the transparency and communication from the administration in deciding to eliminate the program. Great, Danielle, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. 
So what was your initial reaction to the news of the cuts? Well, um, when I first read about it, uh, I, I, was, I was really just kind of heartbroken. And obviously, I, I myself poured a lot into this team. Um, I was a member of the initial club team and a member of the very small group that petitioned for varsity status under Title IX and then co-captain of the inaugural team. So I'm kind of like the, the, the grandmother of, <laughs> of this varsity team. And it really was sad for me, um, disappointing. Uh, you know, it, it felt a lot like, um, uh, it felt, it felt just really disheartening, um, when we, when we read the news. Uh, and I think that that was the consensus among a lot of the, the former players, both, both, uh, young and, uh, older like myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going off that, how do you think this decision feels to the student athletes that are competing right now on the team? Yeah, well, we've been in touch with some of them. So I can tell you, um, I think their their initial reaction was just shock. Um, they were trying to figure out how it impacted them immediately, um, given there's a lot of variables this year to begin with. Uh, this just added another piece to the puzzle. Um I think that uh, we hear that that they they want it. They want to fight for the team. They they want to stay here. They want to continue to play. Um, and uh, they are disappointed. I think they're just right now still trying to figure out the beginning of the school year. They don't have a place to pl- to train right now, even though they're all in the area. Um, they haven't had much contact with the administration at all, and I think they're feeling largely unsupported, despite still being current student athletes. So that's that's the short-term thoughts about it. And then long-term, they need to really just understand what the implications are for them personally and decide whether they're going to stay, whether they're going to transfer, and what that would look like and what type of support they're going to have um, as they navigate those decisions. Because they're, they're big. It, 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 you know, there's implications beyond just being an athlete in athletics. It's it's their careers, it's the rest of their lives that they have to think about. And I know that um, going off of the, the discussions with the administration, I know from the Hatchet's initial article on the cut reactions um, from you know, the Water Polo Alumni Network, you know, wrote an open letter condemning that decision and showing support for current athletes. Uh, I know that letter has since gone out and you received responses from the administration. You know, could you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so initially, the communications that we had had with uh, the athletic department had kind of resulted in, in, for lack of a better term, form responses. So we we really were feeling unheard. We penned this statement and we delivered it. Um, and we did hear back from uh, the athletic director Vogel, and and it was it was a far more personable uh, and personal response, um, where she said she you know she understands how heartbreaking the decision is. Um, um, she, we are continuing to not receive transparency about the the figures uh, that that led to these cuts. Um, we know what the considerations are, but we don't know how they were weighted. We d- haven't seen a comparison as to, you know, why some sports were eliminated and others weren't. Um, we, we still are missing some information. She's opened the door to a select group of alumni to meet with her to talk about, um, you know, funding the team in a club capacity moving forward. Um, but we still have a lot of questions, quite honestly. Yeah, I mean, going into that club capacity, you know, 
you, as you mentioned, you transitioned from that to the first varsity women's water polo team in 2000. And I'm sure your, your time at GW has stuck with you. You know, what does this decision mean to you reflecting back on your time competing at GW? Uh, well, I mean, it's this team was born out of resilience. It was, it was um, the history of it uh, is is really personal. It's woven very, very closely with the men's team. Um, and uh, I mean, we we're a bunch of fighters. I, it's a it's a tough sport. We're tough in the water, but we're also really, really resilient out of the pool. And um, and and for me, I mean, I'm I am. I'm encouraged by the fight that the alumni still have today, by how much this team meant to them. Um, and we were we were talking the other night uh, all together. We've had a few meetings, a few a few Zoom meetings. Um, and we have folks joining from all over the whole country, around the world. We have we have an alumni who's in Australia. She's calling in in between breaks, you know, at work. But what's so um what's really grabbing me is that that these women really just care about not only their time in the pool uh which was awesome you know and and it was life-changing and and it taught us so much but you know this is formed relationships it's helped people with careers it's you know we've been in each other's weddings we've been there for you know babies being born there's there's just so much um, that that this team and I imagine all the other teams also uh, kind of feel about this and so we're going to continue to fight and um, we understand that the administration is saying that this decision is final but uh, we also know that that you know you never never count us out because uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep fighting and even if it's to bring it back at a later time we we're happy to help navigate we've done it before and we'll help them navigate you know processes again if if the team ultimately does become a club team have to handle their own finances you know finding a coach all of those other challenges that go along with it and then looking at you know petitioning again for for a varsity status in a later time so we're here for him 100 percent. danielle thanks so much i appreciate it thank you for your time i appreciate it it should also be noted that in previous reporting done by the hatchet on this issue Athletic Department spokesman Brian Serino declined to facilitate interviews with current student-athletes and head coaches involved in the seven affected programs. He said the department is going to focus on, quote, what's ahead rather than the decision made that wasn't theirs to make, end quote. Getting to the Bottom of It is hosted by Alec Rich and is produced by Gwen Wheeler.